the Ramon Foster Show. I'm Eddie Pravina. With me, as always, is the man himself, Ramon Foster. We are brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, always serving up hot and fresh food 24-7. Moan, happy Thursday. How's it going today, bud? Beautiful, beautiful, man. It's, it's not overly hot outside. It's not really humid. No. Hey, same here in Pittsburgh. And football kicks off tonight. So it's going, man. Last no, the beginning of, of every weekend football. There we go. That's right. That's right. We got the Steelers on Saturday against the Seahawks, which we will get into in the second segment. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk to you in the first segment, though, uh, about something that I don't think a lot of fans really think about. Yeah, I, I'm going to throw a stat at you. The average NFL career is three point three years long, which I'm sure, you know, uh, yeah. being a, a, an NFL PA guy and somebody who really takes this kind of stuff serious. Uh, and my question to you, especially now with with all of these dudes that are on the bubble, right? A mm-hmm. lot of these guys are going to get cut. There's only you know, there's only so many guys that can make the NFL. Uh, how do you set yourself up for success in that post NFL career, that life after football? Because someone like me who went to school for multimedia development, yeah. I can work in IT. I can work in in this. You know, I could be a producer. There's so many things that I could do for the rest of my life. But someone like you who spent your entire life Literally yeah. your entire life, every moment, <laughs> trying yeah. to play football, you only can do that for 10 to 15 years, man. And then that's it. Your, your shelf life isn't as, uh, you know, it's not as long. So what do you do? How do you set yourself up for su- success after your career? Man, that, that is a, a great question starting this week because um, a lot of guys going into this camp are banking on the idea that, look, I'm going to make this team or I want to make this team or this is all my hopes and dreams within the start of this week, meaning the preseason games. Like, the practices mean a lot. But, of course, some guys aren't great practice players, and they need the lights. They need the stadiums. Mm-hmm. They need, to, you know, the game day, game day uniforms. And it, 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 it's a position where we don't really speak about this enough for a lot of these guys that we're championing on and rooting for and hoping that they make the roster. And not just the fans, but their family. You know, is. They're hoping that their 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 kin makes the 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 fifty three man roster or at least practice squad. And the reality of it is, it's so many guys that this week and the next couple of weeks will be their last years playing football ever, and that is a hard reality, a harsh reality, man. I I look back at some of the guys that you know I came in with. They were one year and then they were practice squad on another team and then they were out of the league within two. And you got to think they're still relatively young. And what do you do as far as the college lead up? Like you can't really work a nine to five because of class and football and study hall and staying eligible. And, and what you have to do, man, is continue to network. That's one of the one things that I've always appreciated about, you know, social media is, look, you can actually connect the dots on a lot of things as far as what your next move is going to be. I was a guy that, you know, when I got into the league, I finally got established, you know, by a lot of hard work and chance, really that I, I knew I wanted to get into this world. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know how I was going to kick the door in, but I knew if I stayed media friendly, if I you know made connections with people, every car that you get, try to reach back out to guys just simply because it, it, it does end. And it sucks when it does, man, for the guys that don't fulfill those opportunities. So how do you get to that point, Eddie? It's being savvy, not just mm-hmm. being a brute the entire time, not just feeling like, oh, I'm just here to play football. No, damn that, man. Show some personality when needed, when warranted, when that situation comes up. DK can probably tell you, and a lot of the Pittsburgh reporters could, like, as far as being media friendly, showing that, look, I can speak, I can cover, I can do those things that you do. 
you gain their respect. And after you gain their respect, they ask you to do other shows and get involved with different things. But I've seen guys do other things like, you know, just one, for instance, if you have that opportunity to make a lot of money or make some money, invest in it. A guy that I know and love, John Malecki, a Yenzer himself, went, <laughs> went to Pitt. Great YouTube channel, too. If you don't know about John Malecki's YouTube channel, you've got to check it out, man. It, it's woodworking. It's life. It's all kinds of stuff. It's a lot of fun. He's, he's a really mm-hmm. funny dude, too, man. His crew, they're good. It's good stuff. It is. Yeah. And so for a guy like him, man, uh, came into Pittsburgh as an undrafted free agent, okay, and just given the opportunity to make a roster and soon as he was done, I'll never forget going to him, uh, going to his shop. And he had this woodworking shop in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. I think about two or three years while playing. Yeah. If maybe he have been shorter. And he actually made something for me early on because I wanted to support my guy. I played next to John Malecki. So right, right. here I was playing tackle. He's at guard. And I'm like, let's make it happen, man, Leck. But as, as far as thinking forward, thinking about your future, I was like, man, how did you get all this equipment so fast? He was like, Mom, those checks that I got, I was buying equipment. He's like, because I didn't really know a whole lot about woodworking. I knew that it was interesting to me. He was like, but I used that money to springboard my jump into this second career. He's like, I probably wasn't going to play for a long time. So I needed to have a plan. And that's what guys have to be able to do. Like find those hobbies and actually monetize them and actually stick by them. Because Malecki wasn't this guy about five, six, seven years ago that he is now. Like, he made a cutting board for me. Of course, I tried to uh, pass the word to guys mm-hmm. about what he does and how he do it, posting it on my social media. And now this guy's getting, you know, like big brand sponsors. He's yeah. getting a lot of work. He made a table for me that I have currently in my house because the woodwork was so damn good. I believe, that, I believe he's got a couple hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube as well. So yeah. he'll probably bring in some money in with that. And yeah, so it's... It, it's really thinking over where you're actually at while doing the job. You know, the one thing I've always said on this, I don't care what you do off the field because everybody's got a business adventure or a thought about doing so. I don't care if it's a club owner, car wash owner, a barbershop owner, like find ways outside of because it's only a very small select amount of guys that played this game and don't have to work. Am I in a, pos- a good position? Yes. But I also am in a position, look, let's keep this going. Let's be a worker's worker. You know, like, let's mm-hmm. find a different lane. Don't just be known as the meat-headed jock. I love what Malecki has been doing. Another guy, Arthur Most, shout out to him, just finding a different lane to him. He's got a lot of personality. He does some good stuff. So why would I not show this? That's like me. Uh, when DK really approached me about this, I was like, well, yeah, that kind of makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah. You know, and guys don't do that enough when they have that spotlight on them. Moan, was it something about that Steelers locker room? Because if you look at the guys in the media right now, you've got just off the top of my head, you've got yourself, you've got Moats, you've got yep. Ryan Clark, um, Charlie, Char- yeah, Charlie Batch. Uh, there was there's a lot of guys from that team that that are now in the media. Mm-hmm. I think probably a higher percentage than most Max. normal. Team. Max, yeah. Um, like I said, guys that I'm, I know I'm forgetting. What was it about your crew? that like you guys are comfortable in front of the camera and you guys are comfortable, you know, kind of breaking down the game and, and being uh, a personality because everybody that we just named is good too. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I think it's a culture of Pittsburgh just in general. Um, Willie Cologne's another guy that's on Mad Men early in the mornings, okay, yeah. uh, okay. national show. But this is the thing. And I had a young guy reach out to me too, Derwin Gray. Uh, I was with mm-hmm. the Pittsburgh, so a six-round draft pick, and he's looking to get in this world. So I told him, dude, do you. Like, be you. Show that personality. I was like, you know ball. 
talk ball. I was like, submit yourself to anybody that want them, want you to come on their show. And 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 just the way, honestly, well, I told you, Coach Tomlin gives us that grace to be our own personality. But within that, you better be studying. You better be a student of the game. And for, you know, that side of how you can go about that in Pittsburgh, it's a matter of doing your job and executing it. And from executing your job, simply talking about it. That's why that locker room is as good as it is. Ike Taylor, another guy. Uh, uh, Brand, uh, Brian McFadden is another guy. So yeah, many dudes in that. B-Mac. Man. B-Mac, uh, B-Mac I, I, he has a special place in my heart because my first podcast, when I like when, when I got picked up by DK, uh, we had B-Mac on a couple of times. And mm-hmm. um, dude, not only is he one of the friendliest human beings that I've had oh the speaking to, I, I could have listened to him break down football for for two or three hours. That that man, I, he knows love be mad, and he knows how to explain it. I, mm-hmm. he, he's incredible. Yeah, yeah. But that locker room, man, that that's the environment as it is right now. Look at Cam Hayward; <laughs> he's setting that up. Also, that's, that's what it. I mean by you can do both as long as you do what you do well on the field. Or if you're a young guy like Maleki that know you don't have many years, capitalize on it with that money. Don't go blowing it. Set right. yourself up for that part two. And there's a lot of guys that have done those type, type of things, too. I just needed to highlight Maleki because it was fresh on my mind. And I, I love his growth as as a second career guy now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I, I know this conversation go on forever. We got to take can. a break. <laughs> uh, when we come back, we've got a football game to talk about, man. It's coming up this weekend. Uh, stick around. We'll be right back with the Ramon Foster Show. All right, welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. We got a football game to talk about, Ramon. I know it's Thursday, and normally we'd talk about that on Friday, but I'm too excited, man. I am way too excited to talk about this football game on Saturday. How about you? Man, me too, for a lot of different reasons, too. Is you know Who's going to get an opportunity to spin the ball? Of course, numero uno on this, on this list is the quarterbacks. What is it going to look like? But mm-hmm. I'd even go a little bit further, and can I get a little more sinister and saying, what is this offense going to look like? That's okay? Cool. Yeah. Like, that's where I'm at as far as what what's the balance? Uh, how are they going to be able to at least show some type of difference from last year? You can't say it's because of seven anymore. Like, the stagnant offense cannot be the case. And, mm-hmm. yeah, there's an opportunity to first trip out there for the offense that you get a three and out because these guys are all new and then adjusting to each other, too. So it's the idea that, to me, I'm not going to panic from that. But when they start to catch a groove or you're in third and one or second and seven, what is that actually going to look like? We need a little sprinkle of what this offense could and should be in 2022. That's huge to me, man. And there are other facets of it, too. This offensive line will all five work this week, you know, and if they do, how will they actually move this this defensive line around with the uh, with the Seattle Seahawks? And from there, you know who I'm going to next. Our guy, George. I George of the jungle. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm so yeah. Every if you haven't been out to Latrobe yet, you, you yeah. really you're doing yourself a disservice. And I know you know people don't live in the area. People, you know, that's fine. But if you have the means and the ability to get out to Latrobe, mm-hmm. it, it's a great time. They they've got it set up well. But the reason why I would be going is because every practice George Pickens does something 
freakish. Every <laughs> single practice he does, every day it's a new freakish thing that George Pickens did. It's just like you know, you kind of go on Twitter now. It's like, well, what did he do today? Or you know, like, <laughs> incredible man. Like, I, and I don't want to get ahead of myself because I'm it's, it's training camp. We haven't mm-hmm. even played one football, you know, one fake football game yet. No, but tra- you know, but like when you see an athlete like this, yeah, it's 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 eye catching. It really it is. is. If you were in a position where you had a, a a less than number one and you was like, this could be the guy like you, you'd be uber excited about what George Pickens can bring to the table. But not just him, though, man, it's guys that, that are on these opportunities like uh, uh, Justin Lane. Yeah. You know, we hadn't talked enough about him and what's expected out of him this year. I feel like we fully le- neglected the Marvin Leal. Like mm-hmm. he's going to get a lot of reps in this game. What does he look like as far as being a guy that's backing up Cam or backing up Tyson? Or does he carve out a role to say, okay, this kid can play fourth round, I think, or not? Like this third, kid, third. third. This yeah. kid can play. And we need to be able to see that coming from a big school that is known for its defensive linemen, like uh, Texas AM is. And that's something that I'm overly interested in. And of course, if Devin Bush has the opportunity to get out there, not just him, but Robert Spillane, like, this this game is very telling. Like it's legitimately a new era of figuring out what's what. Specifically, though, where is Kendrick Green? Not snapping mm-hmm. the ball. You know, how is he actually moving? How is he actually holding his arm? I know it's questions of his strength and stuff like that at the center position. But being that he's able to play a little bit more free because he don't have a, as much responsibility, what is that going to look like inside of a stadium with, you know, some guys that he hadn't necessarily played with before? And, you know, the the the, the, top, the cherry on the top is, is for sure Kenny Pickett. You know, like it's, it's that side of it, too, that exactly. we really got to evaluate and I'd feel just neglectful as heck if we didn't bring that up. And Calvin Austin, like it's so many young new guys that not only we're looking to watch, but we're excited to watch too. So I'm in that same boat with you. I got the all 22 on NFL.com. I'm probably going to be reviewing the film just to get a sneaking look at it too. So I'm ready for Monday so we can do a big time review, Eddie. So this, this is exciting. It is. And and for me, I, like I know uh, the, one of the last times before DK went on vacation that I that I hosted for him, uh, I had said that I don't think they have a chance to to compete for the AFC North. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm seeing this team in training camp and now that I'm seeing things uh, unfold with the skill that they have and the talent level yeah. uh, from these positions and, and how these young guys look, I take that back because now that I'm seeing this, Ramon, I really think that if they can just get competent football uh, from their quarterback – if one of these four, I'm going to, if one yeah. of these four guys steps up, okay, and plays average to slightly above average quarterback, yeah. I think this is a 10 11 win football team. And now I think they're challenging for you know, the, the Bengals for the, for the Kings of the North again. And, and that's what I want to see. I want to yeah. see which one of these quarterbacks takes this opportunity because, especially the three, yeah. Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett, all three of them coming out of camp right now have a chance. Yeah. They do. We talked about Mitch Trubisky yesterday, but the thing is, is right after we talked about him in practice, he didn't do so well. But you know who did do well? Mason Rudolph again. Mason Rudolph. So I want to see which one of these three guys takes this opportunity. And that's where I've been as far as, you know, trying to say, like, (laughs) you kind of got to give them all a shake. And I know everybody's ready to write off Mason and say, well, he's had a shot. Did he? No, I Did don't. he really have like the shot? Because 
you knew he was gonna you you knew he was gonna be upended anyway. But when Ben came back, and and now this is like a fair shake where they have to go with the best guy available. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a lot of hate towards the guy, and, and and me, I can understand it. I, I truly do because you're looking for the winner. You're looking for that guy. Um, uh, but as far as Mason goes, you know he can play. That's the thing about it, and. Uh, maybe it was because of my teammate and I've seen him do special things before. Yeah. Maybe because I know inside this guy wants to compete. He wants a fair shot. He wants to be the guy, you know, whether it's in Pittsburgh or somewhere else. Um, I, I know what's at his core. And that's why I kind of like root for him a little bit to say, mm-hmm. okay, at least see him out. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. don't don't close the door. At least see him out because you never know. This is the other thing. Other teams have been stacking veteran quarterbacks, too. You just never know when somebody's gonna go down. You just never know when you 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 have a guy that catches something weird on their pinky, and you gotta have a veteran dude to lead this team because the one thing we can't afford this year is a huge drop off. Because then there's all of the other questions that evolve around everywhere else. When you know, like I know, the quarterback play really determines a lot of that. It really does, and and I think the other thing that the quarterback play determines is the identity of the football team. Yes, because sir. If you have a guy that can sling it and can spin it, like a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen, mm-hmm. your identity is that one of those aerial assault type teams. If you yep. don't have that, but you have more of a game manager and then someone like Najee Harris, yep. the identity becomes more of a, a run first, you know, and, and build around the core around that. Yeah. So my question is then what do you see the identity of this Steelers team being going into this season, especially after, you know, once we get to see this game, what do you think this identity is going to be of this team? I think it's a run game first, which is why I'm really counting this OL to establish themselves early Mm -hmm. uh, and then surround them with good defense and protect whatever he doesn't do well early in the season. Later in the season, Eddie, when we hit late October, Mm -hmm. start a November ball, that's when we need to see that quarterback break out of his shell, shed a new skin like a snake. You know, like that's when we're looking for that adjustment of Matt Canada. You got him. He's there. Let's see you evolve with this guy because it could be one or the other. And and, and it could, like you said, Eddie, it's built to surround the quarterback. Mm -hmm. So we need to kind of see the run game early on, protection of the quarterback, and then his growth throughout the season. It's going to be a fun game to watch, man. It's going to be exciting. Uh, When we come back, it's everybody's favorite segment. Hey, Moan. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster show. It's everybody's favorite segment, the Hey Moan segment. And we've got one that's near and dear to my heart as a high school film coach. Uh, This is from Daniel Tucci, who says, Hey Moan, I enjoy the show and the 11 years of work you brought to this great franchise. You started football when VHS tapes were often used still, but ended in a digitized world. I wanted to ask your feelings on the evolution of technology and how that affected film study and game prep over the years. Thanks for the great content. Uh, Dan, thanks for a great question. I'm going to let you answer first because I've got my own comments that I want to make mm-hmm. on this question. But uh, he made you he made you sound a little old, Moan. He did. How you know I was around with VHS? Huh? Like, what are we doing here? Yes, I watch film on tapes. We have listeners and people watching on YouTube that do not know what a VHS tape is. We, we, we probably have a few. Well, that's interesting Ooh. you say that because, of course, I'll always reference this guy because he's such a great dude. But Coach Munch. He used to speak about them watching tape and actually having the old school reel behind you and having to grab the film tape, put it on the spinner and let the (laughs) projector with no sound play out while they were watching film. So at least I didn't have that one. 
Uh, oh, man. But but it's made it easier. It really has. I remember watching high school film. That's when I was actually, you know, looking at VHS tapes and I'm trying to watch it super grainy. Can't really focus in. Mm-hmm. I just see bodies because the cameras couldn't really zoom in the way they can now. And I'm just seeing an overall. It's like having bad eyes with no glasses. That's basically what it is. It's like this with no glasses on. Um, But as I got into college, we were watching them on DVDs. And it was, of course, trying to rewind back and skip forward and stuff like that with the tape and film. And, um, of course, in the team meeting rooms, you always had the clickers that you can go back and forth. But to bring film home was always hard. And then you had to make sure you had a DVD player that you could travel with if you're trying to watch it somewhere. Or you have one in your dorm room for guys like us or my apartment in college. Getting to the NFL, we still had DVDs earlier on. And then we transitioned later into getting being able to upload film on our iPads. And that's been by far the easiest, best thing you could ever do because you don't have to worry about carrying extra material around or losing a DVD or breaking a DVD. And it just made everything accessible. Uh, even to this day, my kid, we're riding home from football games or from his football practice. He's watching Huddle. It's the big thing now. Yeah. He's watching Huddle and breaking it down. And this is the thing, too, which is very interesting about um, the Kyler Murray situation. With Huddle, apparently, you can tell what your team has watched, how they have watched it, if you sped through it or if you just let it play out. You know, so there's so much detail in it now. As So this is near and dear to my heart because I've been doing this for 11 years with, uh, you know, two different high schools. Yeah. And we can, when I, when I set them up with an account, when I set, set the high school players up with an account, mm-hmm. I can tell you what games they watched, how long they watched them for, whether or not, like I said, they're fast forwarding through it or if they're just watching it. Um, I could tell you when they were watching it. So if mm-hmm. they tried to go to bed at night and put it on while they're in bed, you know, sleeping, I could tell that they did that too. Um, you know, we can tell everything about what these kids are doing now. Another thing, though, that people don't think about, how did you make your highlight film in high school to send out to college? You probably either had to outsource that to somebody or you had to know somebody that could cut that film up or like, you know, bring it into the computer and yeah. do it that way. Right. Yeah. My high school coach just used to send out tapes that we played in, not specifically of me. Okay. It was just overall tapes that we played in and uh, of the games we played in like and it was just him. Hey, here's one to Tennessee, here's yep. one to Old Miss, here's one to you know, like that's what he was doing for me. So I'm overly appreciative of that being the case because I mean, you got to think those they were what about a half inch thick. I had as far to, as VHS goes. I had to so my first year doing this, we had a we had a player uh, by the name of Del Reese Williams. And he was getting looked at by everybody. He, he had broke at the time. He had owned the Whippeal rushing season, you know, Whippeal rushing record. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I had the coach and I, the head coach and I would sit down and we literally would watch every game and pull all of his highlights from every wow. game. It took eight to 10 hours to make one player's highlight film. And then I sent that I, I by hand went to the to the you know to the US post office and sent it to Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, yeah. Pitt, Yukon, all of them, you know, and I had to make an an individual copy to send out oh, wow. to each one of these dudes. Um, the other thing, and this is actually great, was back then we didn't because there was no huddle. And if you, if you again if you don't under if you don't know huddle, um H U D L. Yes. Another thing that has been streamlined by this is sharing film. So if, mm-hmm. if a, you know, when, when you go to share films with other teams, uh, you just 
hit the share button, you send it to the high school you want to share it with, and yep. then that's it. What we used to have to do is I would go to opponent's games <laughs> and I would be yep. in the crowd of this opponent game with a camera yep. recording this team yep. in the stands with all of their fans trying to be discreet about it. <laughs> yep. um, and there was one, to, the, the, actually this was the first game I ever went to as a coach, right? My brother, my younger brother, who was still in high school at the time came mm-hmm. with me. We got into a car accident on the way there. The insurance agent calls me during the football game. So I hand the camera to my brother. All you got to do, John, hit record, watch, you know, film the play, hit stop, film the next play. Yeah. Stop, record, stop, record. So I come back, gives me the camera back. We finish the game. I go home. That Sunday morning for film study, I get a phone call from the head coach. He's moan. Livid. <laughs> Man is livid. <laughs> Fuming. He's in, co- he's in a coach's meeting with five other coaches, right? Yeah. My brother was filming the cheerleaders. Whoa. After the play. <laughs> now he's in high school, so it's not like as creepy as it sounds, but like yeah. he's, he's filming the cheerleaders, but he never hit stop, moan. <laughs> So the coach thinks that I was filming the cheerleaders. No. <laughs> and he and he's in this film session with all these other coaches. Yeah. And this is his first year as a head coach. So all these other coaches are like, what are you doing? Yeah. He calls me, what am I doing? Yeah. Oh my God. I couldn't imagine. Just simply and one and done. I thought I'll never be a high school coach again. I was ready to kill my brother. <laughs> you should have. I'll be honest with you should have. That's beyond. But see, these are the things we don't got to worry about anymore because of the digitized, as Daniel put it. Yeah. Uh, we don't got to worry about this kind of stuff anymore, Moan. That, that was one of the most embarrassing things I've gone through. That, that, that in itself, I, I'd have been pissed. And rightfully so, you should have put your brother in the headlock and gave him a nugget. so mad at him. I was so oh. mad at him, Moan. But uh, no, I, I don't think, and, and this will go perfectly into tomorrow's show about film study and everything. I don't think people realize how important the oh, film my. aspect of football actually is. Well, starting from here on out, very <laughs> important for guys in this very audition important. to make the 53. Yes, yes, sir. Moan, this was a fun show, man. Absolutely, yep. man. Let's, let's do it again. We got, we got one more this week. The Friday show. I, I joke about DK losing it. You might actually lose it. Uh, We'll see. see. Um, But we'll catch you guys all on Friday. Thanks for tuning in.